Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders that are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders and teams that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and doing it predictably and sustainably. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. We help sales leaders make how they lead their most defensible competitive advantage. It doesn't matter if you're a new manager, a first-time VP of sales, or a seasoned sales leadership executive. We're all facing new challenges, and if you want someone to talk shop with that sat in your chair, I've got you. If you want to become a legendary leader for the team you lead, hit me up and hit me up soon. Now, get ready for some serious insights from sales leaders that are making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we've got you. Hello and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. Today, we're joined by a repeat guest, Jake Dunlap, founder and CEO of Scaled. Scaled helps teams grow faster and more predictably by using technology and consulting to innovate the way a sales organization interacts through the buying and creative processes. Now, you probably remember Jake joined us over a year ago, and his episode was one of our most successful and most downloaded episodes in show history. So today, I've asked Jake to come back and join us for a second, uh, second bite at the apple and talk about how sales has changed how leaders need to change, and maybe most importantly, how leaders can help their teams get off to a fast start in 2021. Now, for those of you that know Jake, you know why I have him here. For those of you that don't know Jake, you are in for a treat, and you need to know him. I consider him a must-follow, and I find his content among the very best that I consume. I love his approach to our profession, and even more to the sales leadership job in particular. Now, I know Jake and I are going to run out of time fast. We've done this before. Uh, we've been on a couple of other things together. Uh, we get going and we don't slow down. I'm super excited to have him join us today. Jake, welcome to the show. Thanks for playing with me again. Thanks for joining us, man. Oh, man, I'm pumped. Dude, i got to bring you out for every event I ever do. I mean, that was, <laughs> that was like a hype man MC. I love that, man. No, thanks, Rob. I'm really excited to kick off the new year and, and uh, you know, talk about what we're seeing, what I've seen over the last few years and where I think we're headed from a leadership standpoint. So really pumped for this, man. I am too. You're the perfect guy to do this. And I can't wait to have people learn a little bit more about you. And let's start with that. For the, the show's grown a lot in the last year and a half since you were on and, and we got a lot of people around the world. Can you introduce them to Scaled for those of them that may not have met you yet? Yeah, I'd love to. Well, again, like I said, thank you for having me on again as a repeat guest. Let's see if we can let's see if we can break the download count again. Well, I love um, it. So, 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 my background, and, and I'll, I'll talk about scale. So, I, I you know, I've been in sales for for twenty years, um, sales leadership for I don't know, 15, 12, 13, 15 of that. Um, and you know, for me, my my journey was, uh, you know, grew up in sales, became a sales leader, was a VP of sales at Glassdoor, then the VP of sales at Chartbeat, VP of sales at another company that ended up selling uh, as well. And, and what I saw was a gap that. I worked with these consultants who told me all these great things about, you know, what I should be doing. And then I got this beautiful document. I'm like, what the hell do I do with this thing? And, and what I realized is after my, my, you know, last stint as a VP of sales, I said, look, sales leaders don't have a lot of support. They don't have that tactical pull through, you know, that people don't need more people telling them recommendations and best practices. They need someone helping them to do it. And so I started scaled almost eight, you know, almost eight years ago. Exactly. Um, with this mission to come in and, and support sales and now, you know, now somewhat marketing leaders 
scale more effectively. And that could be around the people aspect. Like you, you know, you mentioned some of this people process and technology that in, if you're going to build a modern sales org, you need to be proficient in all three. And so today, you know, we're about 34 people strong. We have, um, well, everyone's remote now, but we've got, you know, folks in New York, uh, Austin, that's where I'm at right now. And, nice. you know, look, we're, we're, we're working with a big mix of kind of rapid growth tech companies to really establish organizations that are looking to modernize. Okay, well, I love that you've introduced that. And you used the word twice that I want to talk about. And this is the first way, this is a perfect way to kick off our conversation. Listen, so, so to make it really clear to everybody that's listening, this is going to be, if, when you're listening to it now, we're recording this in December, but this is going to be the kickoff first episode of the 2021 year. I picked Jake because I love his perspective of what's happening in sales. I picked Jake because he gets the opportunity to work with people around the world and see same problems solved in different ways, right, Jake? And um, Jake, let's talk about it. The word you used was modern. Modern sales or you want to modernize. I think the term modern sales changed in like, March and April of 2020 again, uh, when, when, <laughs> right. we got, when we got a, a, a different, uh, we had the pandemic hit us. Let's talk about that. You know, we're, we're kicking off a new yeah. year. It's a new year, new challenges, you know, new government, new leaders, new, new everything, man. What, what's a sales leader to do? <laughs> well, yeah, what is modern? Modernized can mean a lot of different things. Yeah, look, I think what happened in March and April is we were caught and, and some people might not like this term, but I think it's right term, flat-footed. And what mm -hmm. I mean by that is that there were trends that were already happening with digital sales, right? We were moving from field models to inside, inside models. Our buyers wanted, wanted access to more information. They wanted to interact digitally. These, these, these tea leaves were already in play. And I think, and, and, and the other thing that I'll say is that sales has many times adapted very slowly. So what I mean by that is how often do companies optimize their sales process? once every three years. Yeah, it's painful, man. And, and I, I think that that work that played, you know, uh, for a long time. And so because we didn't have this always optimizing, adapting to our customer journey and customers were maybe adapting slower over time. It's like, you know, for me, like in COVID, like I've been gaining a pound over time, you know, right. Yeah, I didn't gain, you know, 15 pounds, but, you know, once, but it was over time. I think that that's kind of what happened. It was sales is like, we didn't, these changes were already happening. Customers already wanted to interact more digitally. The field teams already needed to get more versed in technology and be more digital. COVID accelerated all this. And so now I think, you know, we're kind of past the point where it's like, oh, when, when are we going to get back in the field? When are we going to get back, you know, to, to managing and seeing my people and doing this? And like, well, guess what? It's not for a long time. So you better up your digital game and figure out how to, you know, build experiences, uh, you know, for your buyers and for your team members. Um, because that's the future. That's 2021 is, you know, I'm, I'm using this frame here, this, this framework or concept, you know, digital sales experience, right? And we always needed that, right? Sales is supposed to be fun. Sales is supposed to be an experience. It's not Ooh. supposed to be so boring and demo, demo, demo. It's, but, but I feel like it's accelerated all that. So as we look forward now, for me, I think it's, it's you know, sales is about two things. It's not just about pain points and, and those commanding the message or whatever you, you, uh, you know, uh, uh, subscribe to. <laughs> It's, it's also about what, what is the experience that my buyers are feeling? You know, are they motivated? Are they excited, et cetera? Okay, so you picked one of my favorite topics. And I, I, again, for, for our leaders that are listening, this is a Jake Dunlap Unplugged. We don't have a talk track today, Jake, right? True or false? No, never. 
Yeah. So you use the word experiences. I love the word experiences. Will you define what you mean when you say an experience? Because uh, I think that's a word that gets tossed around a little bit. I think it's one of the most important words a sales leader can think about. And I'm really interested, A, what you think it means and why it's so important. Yeah, well, experience uh, to me is, is, is the, man, what do you, it's like the feel, right? It's like you feel like it's the feeling, it's the emotion, it's the energy, it's, it's all of those things combined. It's the, it's the wrapping around the, the what do you call it, the, the sizzle and versus the, you know, <laughs> and the steak, right? Like, yep. and I think that, you know, for me, I think one of the most, one of the biggest benefits that I had is in my career, early in my career, I started in telesales. And so for me, I had already learned this skill and I was talking to Kevin Dorsey about this uh, last week and we were talking about storytelling and the mm. experience is, can you close your eyes? And, and that's, this is what I used to do. I close my eyes and I paint that picture for someone. I talk to them about their experience, putting them in the product, making them feel what they're going to feel. Hey, imagine when you can do this now and what's that going to mean to you? And so to me, there's the, cause I, I want to avoid kind of like the techniques part of this. It, it's more about the, the, hey, are you sending your buyers something ahead of time to get them excited about the meeting? During the meeting, are you firing up a screen share now every time to co-collaborate on your discovery process? Or are you sitting there on a Zoom, staring at each other, they're sitting there on email, and you're asking your questions, and then you pull up your demo later, right? After the meeting, are you connecting with them on LinkedIn? Are you sharing content? Are you thanking them publicly? There's all these things that we can do to create a Zoom experience or a Microsoft Teams or Skype or whatever it is. And I feel like it's those, those, those subtleties now that we have to pay more attention to those, those concepts around, you know, the, 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 not just the content of what we're saying, but how we're saying it and how our buyers are reacting in their experience with interacting with our company. I like how you called that the, the zoom or the teams or the virtual experience. I I think that's smart. And I'm going to sit on this for a second longer, Jake, and I want to, our listeners, uh, as they're listening to this, I want them to get their notes out. And I want to start thinking about this. How are you creating those experiences? Here's, I want, I want to get your take on it. When I think about experience, I always think about it this way. My, my personal definition is anything that transforms a prospect or a customer from a um, spectator to a participant, right? That, that's what I call an experience. How do we transform them from, like you said, sitting there, like doing my emails, being a spectator, let's see your stink, stinking demo, whatever. How do I turn them from a spectator to a participant? Any, any thoughts around that? I, I, I know I didn't talk to you about that. I, I would love to get your take on A, do you agree? And B, how do you, you know, any thoughts around how you do that? That's it. That's it. They shouldn't be, man. And again, maybe I was, maybe this is like one of those things that I was, you know, consciously competent or unconsciously competent, yeah. you know, earlier in my career, but that's how I always viewed it. I always viewed it that it's, it's look, if someone's not, if someone's not tuned in, I'm going to call it out. I'm going to say, Hey, Hey, you know, Rob, it looks like you, you it's now still a good time. It looks like you may be distracted. You know, like if you're not trying to think of this as a collaborative process from the beginning, then, then you're, you're thinking in the wrong mindset. So I know I agree wholeheartedly in your definition of experience. And so for me, I, I actually just mentioned a few of those, but you did again, yeah. before someone, before someone meets with you. So let's talk pre-meeting. Can you find a thought leader article? Can you, can you screenshot mm. a couple of posts from LinkedIn thought leaders that are relevant to your industry and send them to them ahead of time? Hey, Johnny Smith just shared this. I think you might find it interesting. Look forward to talking on our conversation Thursday. So right? Something, anything to get them. And it's relevant. It's not, stop sending people socks, please, by the way, as like a prep, like I got, I don't, nobody needs more socks. Okay. The socks, 
It was cool. It had its day. I don't need any more socks. So like, don't, again, the things that you send to somebody before the meeting, make it meaningful, make it something that's going to add value. Again, I like content. I like articles. I like connecting people. Hey, John, I'm really looking forward to meeting on Thursday. You know what? I actually am connected to Ryan Smith, who's a blah, blah, blah at XYZ, like friend Peditor. I think it would be cool to connect you guys too. You, you, you all would get along great. Guess what? He's also a current client. That's why I, right? So I just think, is there ways that you can, again, um, do things before the meeting to get people excited? Then there's during the meeting, screen share, screen share. So what, what our team did, and it's a very poor, we're, we're constantly iterating on this. You could use um, Prezi, PowerPoint, slides, uh, there's some digital whiteboarding tools. Um, imagine a discovery process where we start the call. I go through my normal agenda. I say, great. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm actually going to share my screen right now. Oops, share my screen. Okay. So uh, a couple of like different kind of like flavors of questions. One, I want to understand a little bit more just about the org, and that's going to help me to understand this. Talk a little bit about priorities, and then we'll talk about, you know, how we might be able to, you know, and then I'll spend a bulk of the time talking about what we do at X, and we can see if there's a fit. Um, and then you're typing as they're typing. Your, they see your words. And, I love so that, Jake. Can you, I love it. Yeah, it's tactical. You could go do that tomorrow. We, well, you know what we did? I came, we came up with this idea like two, three months ago. I created a PowerPoint. It had four slides. It said roles and team. And then it had all the different roles that we know people have in a sales and marketing org. And then it had, you know, head count and details. The next slide, key milestones and priorities for, ne for this quarter. And we put in whatever the quarter is. Priority one, two, three. Top takeaways. Like, key, like what out of, out of the priorities, what are the top, you know, few initiatives? And, and it just breaks it up a little bit, you know, and, and again, we just built this in, in Google Slides. It took like, wow, oh, 35 minutes. And now there's some other much cooler, like Miro is one I saw with Microsoft to integrate Microsoft Teams that you can do this kind of like whiteboard collab thing. It's cool. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's, I think we're going to see a lot of these tools come up too, Rob. I think, you know, and I want all of you listening, think about that. What's the experience my teams have? And then afterwards, obviously, connect on LinkedIn, share content. Yeah. The number one, like some of the biggest plays, I'm just going to real quick, I'll, I'll hit this point. The biggest plays for after the meeting, whatever the most common challenge was, let's say the most common challenge was, uh, you know, plant productivity, okay? What I would do is I would post my own personal best practices, really, and then at the end, um, I'd do my post in the comments, really enjoyed my conversation with Rob, Susan, and Rachel and tag them in it. Like get these people digitally engaging. And we're seeing this stuff already work on the top of the funnel too. That's a whole other question. But it, where I think every seller and every leader take a step back and say, how bleep boring is, is my experience today? And people have been on 10 Zooms already. And what are you going to do to break it up? What are you going to do to be memorable? What are you going to do to stand out? All right, man, I'm writing notes down. If you were to see through your Zoom over to me, Jake, you'd see I'm burning up I'm burning up notepads right now, man. That might be the best <laughs> thing I've it. heard someone say on this one is how freaking me how freaking boring is my Zoom meeting right now. And so the first thing you've told our leaders, I'm gonna I'm gonna like summarize it for you. Thing one, Jake said, is stop just doing things and start creating experiences. And you just broke it down. Look at your sales process. Instead of your pre-call plan, it's your pre-meeting activities that you do. Sending them things. I'm excited about this. You know, your in-meeting strategy and tactics needs to be different. The idea of a collaborative whiteboard or, or something like that where they see you working and they're contributing to it as a, as a participant. I love that idea. And then how you, how you engage post-meeting. We need different strategies 
because we are in a new world where what got us to here is no longer going to get us to there. At that lens, how boring is my Zoom experience or my virtual experience? Um, that's, that's money. If all you did was do that and you asked, how do I unboring myself? We're going to win, right? That's right. And you don't need to be a comedian. You don't have to be, that's the big thing, right? Is like, you don't have to be, it's just, there's things that you can do. There's touches, there's nuances. So you don't have to be a, a you know, comedian on the side. You don't have to be a really charismatic hand-waving person either. It's just about like, look, what can I do to make this person's time more pleasant talking to me? You know, and that's, that's how I think about it. So let me ask you about the next one. You volunteered experiences. I want to ask you another. I'm really interested in your take. When the whole thing started, I don't have to be the one who tells you this. The word that became a buzzword and overused was empathy. Uh, that was done incorrectly for the most part. How important is it to still find ways to say, I get you? You know, sh- you know Sam McKenna calls it, show me, you know me. And um, I, I, has that changed in the last half of the year, the way that we connect, the way we show that we get them? Has that changed at all? Um, I mean, I think you should probably be less vocal about it. It doesn't mean you're not still paying attention to it. You know, like, you know, if you're still saying crazy times or whatever, yeah. I, yeah, I'd probably retire. I'd retire yeah. that line at this point. Um, you know, I, it, it's a, it's a really good question. Look, I mean, obviously I think, you know, this like empathy has always been important. Um, yeah. but I also feel like, you know, again, this goes back to true empathy is, is a case by case basis, not a one size fits all, but guess what? Have you, have you guys seen the stock market? Guess what? Not doing too bad. There's plenty of industries that are doing just fine. And so with those industries, like just go forward, just talk to them about their business and their challenges, like move on, like read their quarterly report, just like you would before, see what they're focused on in 2021 and see how you can help. Right. And then if their industry, like it, it always goes back to me, it, 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 I've got a really weird relationship with empathy. Meaning I, I I am, I over-index on knowledge of the buyer. I always, I over-index on my knowledge of an industry that I, I work in or sell into. And I, I was just really fortunate early in my career that I worked at a, a, a career builder, which at the time was the largest job site. And we were um, territory-based and not vertical-based. And okay. so, man, I learned everything. I learned about aerospace. I learned about pest control, manufacturing, tur- wind turbines, uh, security, sir. I mean, like, I can't even, you know, uh, uh, storage spaces. I'm just trying to think of some of like our largest contracts, like in my team. Like, and so I, I but, but guess what? I, we, we'd find a new customer, my team would, and then we'd learn our industry. And so then you meet with the next one, you meet with the next one. So, so my point is like, you can be empathetic, but do you also know what's happening in their world today? Not making a broad, it's actually very unempathetic of you to make broad sweeping generalizations. Like times are, times are tough, huh? That's yeah. not actually empathy. It, 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 because everyone has, got, has a very much different version of this. So if you're not doing your own due diligence to, 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 to understand what's happening and what are the trends in our industry you work in for 2021, what is that buyer type now going to go through in 2021? And by the way, again, this isn't anything like relatively new, but maybe to kind of recall it out, that to me is, is more empathetic than I get you and I know you've got your kids. I've got my kids at home too. It's tough. Like knowing what I'm actually going through as a, employee, I feel like is just as powerful, if not more powerful. See, and I'm glad you went there. That's where I was hoping you would go. Um, Cause Jake, here's what I think. Again, just like you talked about experiences and then I kind of shared here, here's what I think about this. I think 
just like experiences are going to be more important to, to handle differently than ever before. I think business acumen might be more important than ever before. And it's going to be this massive differentiator for us to say, we understand we can have, I think the, the ability to have a, like a meaningful, impactful business conversation that if you fix this, this is what it does to your business. I think we have to be able to talk better about why problems get prioritized because people don't get prioritized. And Jake, I still see a lot of sales reps that they care more about a problem than a customer does. Right. And so I think business acumen is going to be more important than ever before. And, and any kind of other thoughts about the, the way you use business acumen in 2021, is that going to be any different? Yeah, sure. you think? Uh, are the play are the ways that you use it? I mean, honestly, probably not that different. It's probably more, uh, like you said, it's just more necessary. And, yeah. um, you know, maybe again, because, you know, sales teams are struggling, there's more, they're, they're, they're maybe cutting corners more and being more desperate and, and skipping some of this and trying to push people and not really understanding true motivations. Like what you said, like, that's such a perfect example. I've talked about that forever. There's between a fact and a pain, you know, like yeah. a fact is I need to hire 50 people. I didn't tell you it was a pain. Like, guess what? I've already got 35 of them in the interview process and to, to offer letter. And, and I think that that, that skill of really understanding, um, you know, the motivators is big, but actually th this is one now that I'm kind of like talking around. Yeah. It's if you didn't know how to project manage multiple buyers in the process before it is table stakes. Now, if you didn't know how to coordinate, you know, I, 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 I call it separate solutioning, which means that after you get that big meeting, it is your job as the seller to then set up separate meetings with different groups proactively and not rely on a champion, a single point of failure and a single point of contact that right now, if you are a champion based seller, oof, you're in trouble. Lots and lots of trouble. If that was your main thing is you built a relationship and maybe one or two here, it ain't happening for you going forward. You need to, you've got to roll up your sleeves and build multiple levels of relationships, whether it's horizontally or vertically. And that's what vertically can be down because you need the end users. It can be up, it can be sideways that a salesperson's job to me is becoming more and more project management space skills than it is, you know, my ability to be likable and funny. You know, I think that's really insightful. Um, I've never heard it called project management based, but I get it and I like it. I want to sit on what you said that the, the champion based sellers are in real trouble. Can you give a couple of reasons why? Because I think that you're right. I think there's sometimes people that might be in like those mature markets in particular, that they might be holding on to that, but I'd love some insight as to why I have some thoughts, but I sure. can't wait to hear yours. Yeah, sure. I mean, well, if it, I'll tell you this on, on if, there, if, if you're on the other side of this, so let's say you manage current accounts, I can tell you from us working with hundreds and hundreds of sales orgs, one of the top three, in some cases, top two or one reasons for churn is your point of contact leaves. So we have a big client that runs the largest um, career-related website. So you can, you can extrapolate who that is. Yep. Okay. And I'd say like, you know, when, when we work with them, what, I think that was one of the biggest takeaways for their relationship management team, which was like, oh my gosh, I can go fix that like right now. And I just reduced churn by 20%. <laughs> I just went and got two other relationships in an account. So if they're already current customers, the most important thing that you can do is you, you have to build multiple relationships. You have to, it, 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 you cannot, again, I'm telling you, we just consistently see it. Single point of failure is not how you want to roll. Okay. So that's, that's one. Now, if they're not, I think what happens is a lot of people, it, it's so funny, man. I've gotten in arguments before with, with sales leaders about, 
you know, they'll come to Jake, we need, we need work on negotiation and closing. We, we need work on this and this. I said, okay, great. So we're going to go work on your first meeting, your discovery. I was going to say, you, see, you take them to discovery. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. Yeah. They go, they go, no, 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 no. We're, we're good there. We really need to close more deals. Okay. So here, and let me tell you why I'm bringing this up. I'm bringing this up because if you, if you set the tone in the very first meeting that, that Rachel is in control and this is her process, you're screwed. You can't do anything. Mm. You, you, you literally, I see it. It happens in the very first meeting when, when the first words out of your mouth are, thank you so much for taking the time to meet with me today. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Rob. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> like what did these people are your peers? Like you should, if you don't view yourself as a seller is on these people's level, I, I get out get, go find a new industry. And, and yeah. so it starts in the very first meeting. Why people struggle to get more people involved is they turn over the keys in the first meeting as opposed to saying, look, hey, Rob, I'm excited about the conversation because of this very targeted specific reason because I know, right? And then after a few questions, I say, okay, great, Rob. So typically what will happen next is it sounds like race, like these other two people, John and you know Susan, need to see more of a, uh, an in-depth demo. So we'll set some time up for them. We'll walk them through it. If they see value, if, if it looks like there's something there, then maybe – We'll loop in Laura and do a quick high level for her if we want to think about a pilot. Does that work for you? That's it. You just put them in the – I'm telling you, that is like an 80 – all my teams, 70 to 80% yes rate. Like, wow. It's when you, when, you, when you use the thank yous in the beginning and the I love tos in the end, that is why you can't multi-thread. You can't, your teams can't multi-thread because they're asking permission. People don't – do trust me as a CEO myself, you know, you're an executive as well, like – there is nothing – I don't want to make more decisions. Stop. I hate – like, I want a seller to say, look, so let me tell you what typically happens. You know, blah, 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 blah. Does that sound right? Yep, that's perfect, man. Let's roll with that. Great. One less decision for me to make. And I think that that is just a big missing piece for a lot of sellers. Sellers don't understand that actually most executives do not need another decision. Now, I'm not saying you're forcing it down my throat. You could say no. But I said a very logical argument. If this is something we see value in, this is typically what happens next. And so I feel like that ability to do what I just did and have those individual conversations is table stakes in 2021 and beyond. There's going to be more people involved. And if you're stuck working with one person and that person, you know, back when there was just these two people involved, it was fine. But now there's five people involved. And then one of them is a CFO, one of them is IT. IT is always a blocker, not always, but like eight times out of 10. Um, and if you're not control, if you're not having those conversations and you're single threaded in the sale, Oof. Oof. And guess what? I don't want to define single threaded. Having one meeting with other people means you are still single threaded. I right? agree with you that. Have one point of contact, a relationship, multiple conversations with multiple people. That has to be the goal of every seller, whether you, whether you sell a $15,000 sale or a $500,000 sale. So your goal has to be to establish new relationships. So I love that, Jake. Uh, I, I knew it. I mean, I'm, I could talk to you for so long on this. I, I have to ask you a question though, based on this project management approach and managing multiple relationships. Uh, my favorite tool to help with that, because I, I believe that to scale, which I love the name of your company, because that's what you do is help people scale. I think you need systems to scale. I think you need tools to scale. To. Yeah. And so my favorite tool or system or whatever you want to call it for that is the mutual action plan. Um, yep. What are your thoughts about that? Any any thoughts or <laughs> if you have thoughts, I'd love any best yeah, practices dude. or tips because I'm getting I'm asked by my customers about maps, which is, by the way, I want to say it on the show, that's way different than a closed plan. 
A closed plan is something that you talk about behind closed doors that nobody sees. A mutual action plan is how you create an experience and also project management. So it's two of the things you've talked about, right? Any, any thoughts on That's that? That's exactly right, man. Look, I am a huge, huge fan. Joint action plan, mutual action plan, mutual success plan, joint success plan. I don't care what you call it. But the key is, and again, it's what's so interesting to me, there's a company, there's two companies out right now that we're doing, we're doing um, pilots with one, we're going deeper with one, it's called Recapped, Recapped.io, there's another one called uh, In Accord, there's a few others that are, that are doing this on the onboarding side, uh, it's the, I, I, we, I, I truly believe, and we're, we're trying to bring this into every, every one of our clients, I don't, again, because, let me, if you go talk to any leader, do your top reps use a mutual account plan? Yep. Why haven't you institutionalized it then? Like why the, right. it, it removes it removes all the barriers on day one. Buyers like it. Again, it goes back to it. I think sometimes in sales, we're so nervous about being pushy versus making recommendations versus guiding. We get so caught up in that that we're scared to to lay a path forward because we might insult somebody, you know, or or we might we might be wrong. Well, you are the only one, you and your company are the only one who actually knows who needs to be involved. You've done it a tens or hundreds or thousands of times. You're the only person who knows you should be laying it out and saying, look, so Rob, normally what will happen at this step, these are the things that will happen. These are the people involved. I've already preloaded content in here for you that talks about this. Then eventually your IT, I've went ahead and included the details to our API key in there, blah, blah, blah. Dude, everybody like, put yourself as a customer. You're like, um, wait, what? Thank yeah. God. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. And, right. and, but I think so many sellers feel like that would be pushy. Whereas like, I really feel like Rob, there's going to be a future where I don't need to hire typical sellers because what I just described is a project manager. All yes. I do is I lay because I just lay out the steps. Here's what's involved. These are typically the next thing. What's different for you. Okay. You might want to loop in. Okay. That's not a problem or, or actually, no, because I know what my buyers, you know, I'll give you a very practical example of this company, a company as a head of sales with my last uh, full-time or interim full-time VP of sales job. Um, we realized that, you know, we would get in, we get inroads through a lot of groups, but at the end of the day, if, if, if operations didn't bless this, it never happened. And so what did we do? We changed the process after the first meeting, if marketing brought us in or, or store experience or whoever it was, the next meeting is with the operations. Great. Here's what needs to happen. They'd be like, well, I want to do this. Absolutely. We can do that. But operations is on, like, you know, at the end of the day, going to be the people that sign off on this or not. And I mean, after that, we, like, I'm not saying it was like instantaneous, but we cracked the enterprise almost immediately because we started to realize, like, we, we, we laid out the process for the buyer. They went along with it because it was the process. And, and we cracked the enterprise shortly after, you know, closed multiple, multiple six and seven figure deals, you know, within the next 12 months. And so I feel nice. like all of you have a version of that. All of you have a version of logical next steps. And it's just for some reason in sales, we refuse to see the patterns. And I think that's a big part of this too, Rob, is that I, what I hear a lot of sell, sellers and leaders is they're like, but this deal is different. I'm like, no, it's, <laughs> it's not different at all. It's the same thing. You got into the end users. You need them to like it, to love it. And you need them to bring them to your boss. If you have a proof of concept, you need a proof of concept. Like if you get into the decision makers, you need to get to the end users and then get to a proof of concept. It, it, it is not dissimilar. The actors are slightly different. Oh, guess what? This person's more of a blank than a blank. But the process for sales is so much more mm, uniform than I think at times that we, than we want to see. 
So for people that are listening to this that don't have a map or a, a mutual action plan or joint, whatever, uh, I agree. I don't really care what you call it. Yep. Any, like, would you say, here's like, if you want to make a, a mutual action plan, here's like two or three things to get you started. Anything off the top of your head? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I can give you kind of the basics. One is the steps in the process. Show someone, hey, between now and our proof of concept, if you do that or your sale, here are typically the steps that happen. We do uh, this. Today was our initial discovery. Next time, it's our like kind of high level demo with the team. Then we have a conversation on like financials. Then we do this. So, so lay out your process and you're going to and then you're going to go, oh, my gosh, Jake was right. Like th this is more. So have the process laid out that you can discuss. And then the other thing would be the key actors that are involved in this, in this motion. So usually at this step, these are the people that are involved at this step, correct. And then, and then for bonus points, I'll give you a third, which would then be what, what are the content and materials that you think that they're going to need access to at each step. But this step is when we'll send over the first initial outline. We're going to review that. Then once we have this conversation, we'll, we'll put together a more formal proposal. So I think, you know, if you can do that, the timeline, the actors that are involved and the, um, and the materials, I think, yeah, you can create it in Excel. I mean, you don't you don't need a, yeah. a software to do it necessarily. Yeah, and th that company that you mentioned, we've had Mark on the show actually from Recapped and, and uh, ah, cool, good guy. I'm a fan of of what those guys do as well. So we're, we are starting to run up on it, which is great. It always happens. We've talked about experiences, we've talked about business acumen, we've talked about project managing as three key differences yeah. that might happen in 2021. Is there anything that you might say? Hey, here's some of the new non-negotiables for sales leaders. As a sales leader, anything that, that you'd say, hey, as you get ready to kick off the team, here's some things that you need to be thinking about, or, or even, I don't care if you go this direction, Jake, I'm sorry that I'm just lobbing stuff at you. Uh, how do you yeah. get off to a fast start? Maybe that's a different answer. I don't care which one you choose. Any, any, any thoughts on either of those? Man, yeah, there's some cool stuff in there. Um, Man, it's it's just funny. Again, I feel like so much of the, the best advice is the boring advice at times too, where it's like people want you know some silver bullet thing or some like crazy idea. And it's they like, don't oh, exist. It's, just it's just called work. Yeah. Um, so if I was, I'll, I'll tell you this, man. I, I I'm I'm going to go back to the time when I was first a sales leader. And we talked a little bit about this, you know, and and I was always very intentional. And in this convert, I had a conversation with my boss before I went into leadership, and I said. I want to be in leadership. And he said, well, Jake, that's not a goal. And I said, well, what do you mean it's not a goal? It's like, uh, you know, I, I want to be in leadership. He's like, well, it's not a goal because I control it. And so he's like, well, what can you control? You can control your activity. Your sales numbers are prerequisite. Like that's just, you know, has to be there. And then you can control mentorship. Are you mentoring? Whatever. And so, you know, I was like, oh, it was very eye-opening. Like, oh my gosh, like, you know, someone else controls it. So that's what I would encourage all of you. As, and so that's when I, that started my understanding of how to break down seemingly big tasks into micro details that equal the outcomes that you want. And so for me, what I would be doing if I was in leadership is I would be doing a individual by individual development plan right now. Johnny is here. He needs to get here. The skills we're working on are here. And again, I'm focusing on the skills, not the pipeline, because the skills impact the pipeline. So I would say I would challenge all of you as, as leaders, if you want to get results this year, do you have a skills development plan for every single person, whether you're a VP mm -hmm. for your directors, directors for frontline managers, manage, I, cause I think VPs and directors are the worst. I think they are the worst, most hands-off leaders and, and no offense. I love all of you, but maybe this will be a wake up call for you. If you want to get your more out of your team, stop having pipeline meetings and instead start developing your people, right? Like for some reason in sales, we have, and then, so that's my advice to the frontline is like, if you want to get the ground running, I want you to understand what every single person on your direct team is shooting. What are they trying to accomplish in 2021? 
And do you have a plan, a development plan to help them to get to their goals? If you do that, your people, your managers, your managers and managers will run through walls for you. And I feel like, you know, if you want to get off to a quick start, it's about understanding each individual person's motivations now and then putting together a plan for them to get from point A to point B. So that's like the big picture. It's going to take time. The next would be LinkedIn. And look, I talk about this 24-7, but I'm telling you, most sales organizations have no strategy around LinkedIn. Oh, yeah, we're using LinkedIn. No clue. Like they don't have, a, you know, I see the, the, connect, the, the number of connections with most of the average sales rep. And it's, you know, a thousand, maybe a few thousand. And they're all ex-coworkers and current coworkers. You can connect with a hundred people. You can, you can connect with a hundred people a day. If you're in sales, why haven't you in the next, I want you to take the next three months and connect with every buyer and every influencer in your territory, every buyer at the decision maker level, every end user connect with them and then start putting out one to two pieces of content a week. That's all you need to do. That just talks about how to solve a pain point in that industry. Right. It, uh, that, it just start there, build your network. Because that's all we got. There are no trade shows. You're not going to a trade show. You can't network like you used to. Yeah. All we have is digital networking. So go and build your network proactively and then put out interesting insights. And then there's some more advanced play stuff. We can get into that on the next time. But, yeah. but I think getting your team engaged in your territory, connected with everybody, right, is, is 100% the move. And it's just the same as if you were at a trade show, like, you know, handing each other business cards. It's the same thing. So don't get all worried if, they, you know, not everyone accepts your connect request, et cetera, but you have to be intentional and purposeful about it. Those are really good pieces of advice, man. I, I appreciate it. This is, this is gold. This is, this is so good. Any, any kind of final thoughts, you know, to wish them as you, as the leaders get taken off on this year, any kind of, as, as to wrap final it up thoughts. and if they put a bow around it, man, I don't, I don't know if they can, t- I don't know if they give it up. There's a lot here. Yeah. Look this year, um, I think churn is going to be okay for a lot of people, but you know, I, I just feel like as leaders, especially in sales, we, we, we do have to start to focus on our people again um, and not be worried about churn, worried about people development. You know, I, I don't know what it was, man. I, I remember when I got that first leadership job, I knew that I had a turnaround. Like I knew, Hey, I got this month. I got to turn this team around. I needed to recruit different people. I needed to level up people. And you know, it's just like how, you know, you were talked about this. You, you had this territory plan, right? For when you're a sales rep, yeah. But do you have a rep development plan? Do you have the same territory plan for your team? And, and, and that kind of dovetails, but I want everyone to think about that. And I would spend, man, all of January just doing that if I, if I didn't have something like it. I love it. Jake, this was fantastic. You did not disappoint. I think round two was even better than round one, brother. Um, for the <laughs> Good, sales man. leaders out there, we, we have been given a treat. This is the great, greatest holiday gift we could have given is, is a, a, a blueprint for fast track. You're going to have a lot of people that are going to want to connect with you. They're going to want to talk to you. For people that want to, you know, keep it going or want to learn more about Scaled or more about you, how do they do that? Yeah, absolutely. You can hit me up on LinkedIn, just forward slash Jake Dunlap. Feel free shoot me an email, jake at scaled with a K, S-K-A-L-E-D.com. Uh, if you want some more behind the scenes, you want to see me smoking some meats or drinking wine, then check out Instagram, jake underscore Dunlap underscore. Um, and if you want some real tactical, go to YouTube. I've got almost 400 videos up now on YouTube. Uh, just Jake on that. Just type in Jake on that sales and you'll find it. So there's a lot of different plays, a lot of different places you can find me. All right. 
Jake Dunlap, CEO, founder of Scale, hey, helping sir. helping organizations worldwide grow faster than the market says they should, right? And uh, and doing it with a lot of fun. And 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 Jake, I just want to thank you for joining us a second time. You know, so appreciative to what you've done for the sales community. And as I say to everyone, my friend, thank you and happy selling. Hey, everyone, welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, this podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. I am convinced that 2021 will be the year of the sales coach, the year where the sales leader creates the biggest competitive advantage for the organizations they lead. So as you prepare for 2021, and as you kick off this year and get off to a fast start, I want to help. Are your leaders ready for what 2021 will bring? Are you? If you want to take things up a level, hit me up. I'm helping sales leaders lots of ways. Some people are signing up for my Patreon community, Sales Leadership United. It has exclusive content to help you take your leadership game up to the next level. Others are hiring me to do their SKOs or even provide virtual sales academies. And a third way that I'm helping a lot of organizations is building sales leadership and coaching systems, providing one-on-one executive coaching to sales leaders and companies of all industries and all sizes, and really helping put method to the madness of sales leadership. Most companies have invested in their sales team, but honestly, they've left their leaders to figure it out on their own. So if you've now got a big number you're chasing in 2021, if you're left scratching your head and taking deep breaths, hit me up. Let's add some method to your madness. I want to help you navigate the sales leadership maze faster than you might think possible. Now listen, I was super pumped to have Jake kick off 2021. I'm a massive fan of his work and I respect his perspective. He's working with companies around the world in several industries and of all kinds of different stages of growth. And he sees what's working right now. If you don't follow Jake, fix it. Connect with him today. Now, Jake came out hot in this episode. I love this dude and he brings it every time and today he did not disappoint. When he came out the gate, one of the first things he said is 2021 is about creating experiences. And I think he's dead on. I believe every single sales leader needs to take inventory right now of the key experiences a customer needs to have in order to successfully choose to buy from you. Did you catch it when Jake said, how blankety blank boring is my Zoom experience? You should ask yourself that. How freaking boring is it to take a Zoom call from you or from any one of your reps, right? That's a really good place to start. Um, And then he started to list a whole bunch of kinds of experiences that you could audit. The pre-meeting experiences, he gave several. The in-meeting experiences, and those were epic. And then the post-meeting experiences, really how you differentiate and make sure things keep moving. You know, you can go from just doing activities to creating experiences that create momentum. I, I believe momentum is one of the most important things we have to be engineering as sales leaders. I got a lot of content around that. And, and the experiences you create with the customer are key to creating momentum. Now, Jake gave some fantastic suggestions all through this episode and this conversation that we had. And I want you to ask yourself, in the modern sales world, and remember, modern sales world changed in the middle of last year. It changed at least twice in 2020. I want you to ask yourself, in that modern environment, how do you stand out? What do you do to transform your prospects from being a spectator to a participant? It has never been more important to have a good answer for that than it is right now. So you got to make sure you don't just do sales activities. 
you got to create interactive sales experiences because what you say will be forgotten as soon as you end a video call. But what you have someone experience, that lives on. That makes you legendary. That's the stuff that everybody else gets compared against. So we have to figure out how to do that. So I hope if there's one thing you take from this, listen, there was tons and tons of great advice. We talked about a ton of other things, but the one that I really want to hammer home is experiences. Double down on experiences as a leader. Double down on becoming more memorable. Double down on becoming more pleasant in the interaction you create. Something that you want them to prefer to have you be on the phone with them versus anyone else. Because you're different. You have them experience something that's different. So here's to the importance of transforming activities into experiences. Here's to creating an interaction where the people you're working with are actively involved, not someone just watching your show and hoping to be entertained. My experience has been that these are usually simple tweaks rather than radical redesigns. Now, I have seen companies do radical redesigns and and do crazy success with it. I'm going to actually bring some of them on the show. But most of the time, it's a simple tweak. You know, we're tweaking one degree here, two degrees there. So tweak and then tweak some more. Get creative. Make sure you're sitting on calls with your reps to help them find new ways to, to create those interactions. Brainstorm with them. But find ways to mix things up. Make your Zoom meetings the most engaging that your customers have with anyone they meet with. Spend time watching your recorded calls. Break them down in your team meetings. Reward creative ideas. Just don't let yourself get stuck in the status quo. Okay, conversations. I want to finish with this. Conversations has always been and it always will be king in the world of sales. Right? That hasn't changed. That's one thing that hasn't changed. The people that have the best conversations win. Now, the vehicle and the channel and the way we have those conversations, that does change. But what doesn't change is whoever does that best will usually win. So I want you to make sure your sales team create conversations that are different. And if you do that, you're going to get off to a faster start in 2021. So I want to thank Jake. Jake's amazing. Jake, thanks for um, making it easy to get you on the show to kick things off. If you aren't following Jake and if you aren't uh, aware of scale, you need to fix that. Get after that. Uh, watch what Jake lays down. He has killer content that comes out all the time. So I'm telling you, he is a great follow. If you, you know, as a sales leader, I would call him a must follow. So Jake, thank you. Uh, and, and hit him up if you've got questions. But I also want to thank each of you, our listeners. I appreciate the five-star reviews on iTunes. Keep them coming. If you like what you're hearing, go give that review because it makes all the difference in getting the next guest for you to listen to and having more people be aware of the show. And, and I also appreciate you reaching out to me directly. More and more people are doing it each week. And I look forward to these interactions. I hope to hear from more of you this week. So, you know, let's finish this with committing to make new experiences as you start off this year. And if you want a few recommendations and if you find yourself drawing blanks, hit me up. Rob at JetPG.com. Find me on LinkedIn. We can discuss your go-to-market. We can discuss how others are updating the experiences they provide. You know, it's an awesome conversation. I think you'll find it be something that inspires you. And I hope each of you had an amazing holiday break. I hope you got recharged. I hope you're ready to rock and roll this year. And I hope you're already off to a fast start. But most of all, I hope each of you doesn't worry and just executes. Because as you know, we got you. Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. 
The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at jeppg.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.